Blog Talk Radio. I'm in town, 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 I'm in
delve into that topic. But before we do, um, we want to talk about some of what the things that Terry has going on. She um, authored a book, and she has a new show called The Relationship Hour that's out, and I know she has lots of events uh, every year coming up. So, Terry, tell us about some of the things you have going on and some of the uh, places that people can find you, and, of course, uh, where they can buy your book. Okay, I gotta take a deep breath and take all this in and live up to everything you just said. <laughs> but at any rate, again, I am Terry D. I am a relationship coach, speaker, author, and blogger, and I just published or self-published my own book, My Truth, which is a short story of short stories of joy and pain. I published that like January of this year, and it's a nonfiction book, just telling about my highs and my lows, my mountains and my valleys how I came to be who I am, the framework that made me be Terry D. So it really is insightful for not only single women, but single men and for couples, just so we can really dig into the intricacies and the nuts and bolts of who we are and, you know, the roots of how we become to be the very people we are today. Um, as well as, as Inyatu said, I had an event. I typically do a few events a, um, a year, and I do typically also, I'm a speaker at events, um, not only in Chicago, but I travel around doing speaking engagements as well. Um, in August, um, I'm just kind of focusing on the relationship hour. I'm doing it with my co-host. Her name is KS, K Antoinette. And so every Sunday at 7 p.m., um, we go live on Facebook. We're doing it for seven weeks. Seven is the number of completion. Our last week will be live at a location in Chicago where men and women can come out and just be very uninhibited about what they go through in relationships and what's holding them back from having that very healthy and sustainable relationship. Um, other than that, I'm also doing a conversation party, which is open to men and women. That's going to be very hot, <laughs> very hot. I've always done conversation parties. I've not done one in a while, and it will be recorded, and it's one of those things. It's limited because I want it to be very intimate, of 25 people. It's free. It's at a secret location. You will not find out until like probably the week of. It's on um, August 26th. And so you can register for that on um, eventbrite.com. And that is actually um, the conversation party with Terry D. Um, so you can go on eventbrite.com and find that. And then I'm holding a workshop October 21st. And that'll be for 10 people with just trying to get them unstuck and to live their truth. And those are just some of the things. And then I'm wrapping it up after that. I'm chilling for the rest of the year, and I'm already planning for 2018. Awesome, 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 awesome. Mm -hmm. so, ladies, you going to dive in with some relationship mm -hmm. questions and get started? Yeah, let's kick it off with Ms. Gotham. Yeah. Um, hi, Terry. I am Ms. Gotham. I am from Chicago. <laughs> Um, hey. I did have a question. I I did have a question straight to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so technology, um, do you think that um, technology desensitizes um, how we connect with people or how we connect, you know, developing relationships and how can we, you know, change the dynamics of that? 
Absolutely it is. You do not know how many times I get that question from people. Um, it's taken, I mean, it's like an ongoing thing because, you know, back in the day, we had beepers, right? Um, yeah. There was no way. They had the, you can send I love you or, you know, I miss you and, you know, although 911, you Hello. know, all those things. Yeah. And so yeah. now we literally have the opportunity. We can FaceTime. We can text. We can mm-hmm. email. We can do all those things. You have social media, mm-hmm. which is taken over. And so mm-hmm. technology can only ruin a relationship if you allow it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and why do I say that? It's a really funny video that's circulating right now on social media. Um, and it was meant as a joke. It was a skit where a young lady is literally <laughs> sliding on the floor trying to get her boyfriend's thumbprint to open up his phone so she can see what's going on in her phone. <laughs> it is the, I don't know if you like it, I'm sorry, but it is the funniest video ever. But it's very, very apropos to what people really are doing right now. Um, mm-hmm. I went to dinner about a month ago, um, mm-hmm. and I took a picture of a couple. The whole time, their heads were down for an hour and a half straight. They never looked up at each other, and all they did was text on their phone. Whatever they were doing, surfing Facebook, whatever. Um, so technology is really ruining relationships. And I'm going I'm to dive into texting. I'm mm-hmm. so over people texting me. What you're not going to do is text me and ask me to go out on a date with you. And it does desensitize us because sometimes we feel like we're so busy. And they're like, especially if it's a new person, it's different if it's my guy. We've been out and he'd be like, hey, want to grab some dinner? You know, cool. But if it's somebody I'm just not meeting, nowadays they don't, they get your number and then as soon as they leave you, they text you. Oh, you look nice. We can't build a relationship off of a text message. Mm-hmm. You know, while it's convenient, it also disconnects us from one another. You know, um, mm-hmm. with social media, we start stalking people. We get upset if they're not putting us in their relationship status. Sometimes it's best that you don't, you know, put that you're in a relationship. Everybody don't need to know your business. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. as women, we feel the need to feel validated. And how is social media validating you? We're more worried about what people think of us on social media than the actual effort that we're putting into our actual relationship. We're not even working on it, but at least people think we're doing good. You know, where we're coming from. They just, hey, everybody think we're doing good. I'm okay with that. I just, I don't care if we're not doing good, but everybody see that you put on there, you're in a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, you know, I guess it's not even complicated. We make it very complicated. It's pretty mm-hmm. simple. Very much pretty so. Simple. Yep. I would, mm-hmm. I would I would definitely agree with you, Terry D. I would definitely agree with you. People make it so complicated and confusion. It's about confusion at the end of the day. This is what I, you know, just what I feel. You know, because one minute, you know, a gentleman would say they want something direct, but then want the opposite of what they're saying. So, it, it's yeah, I definitely understand when it's complicated. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's one of those, I guess, when people start to, when you come to technology and telephones and things like that, when people start Mm -hmm. to hide their phones and, you know, it rings and, you know, when you don't have anything to hide, you know, people use the excuse. If we're just keeping it real, the first thing they say is, but my time is here with you. 
I don't care about anything else going on. Um, you know, when their phone is ringing, I'm not some big mm-hmm. phone person, but you know, at some point we have to become comfortable with one another where we're not afraid. Cause you know, we shouldn't have anything to hide when it comes mm-hmm. to not answering the phone. Now, if it's just somebody who you like, you know, are going to cause a nuisance, then just let it go. You know, um, you have to live in the moment and you have to accept as grown women. And mm-hmm. you, know, you have to be adult enough and a grown man and woman to say, hey, we are spending this time together. But I think it gets sticky and it gets complicated when people start to hide their phone. And I mean, I've had people put their phone on airplane mode, you know. <laughs> when people start doing wow. something like that, you know they have. So, yeah, like they have something to hide, you know. Um and I'm not really interested in that. You know, that was when it gets crazy. And I didn't even ask the question. It was just like, hey, call my phone. Guess what? I'm growing. I'm not hiding my phone anymore. And, you know, and then I realized why this person was never getting my text messages because when they weren't with me, they had their phone on airplane mode, and you don't get anything. You know? And so wow. that to me, yeah, it becomes That's very terrible. Sticky. I feel so guilty. Yeah. I feel so <laughs> guilty. I have two fingerprint passwords on my phone. I got this HD privacy glass cover for my phone so that if you're not looking at my phone directly, if you're sitting next to me or laying next to me or to the side of me, all you can see is a blank screen, my niece, my barber, my nail tech. Everybody's like, why can't I see your phone? Why why can't I see your phone? Why is that in your tool? I don't put it on airplane mode. Well, my phone is designed for me. It's designed for people to be able to contact me, call me, text me, email me. And so, you know, I definitely get, you know, why people have an issue uh, with the privacy to some degree. But also I think that, you know, before these cell phones existed, before all this stuff existed, people weren't, didn't have access to who was calling you or access to who was messaging you or writing you notes before. And so why is it so important? Why is it a deal breaker? Why is it part of the thread or the foundation of a relationship now? I feel so like if I'm into you, you don't have to worry about who, who who's into me. But that's just my <laughs> own thing. You know but I don't put I my phone like on airplane mode or anything <laughs> like that. Mm. No, but honestly, this is Miss P speaking real quick. I just wanted to kind of piggyback off of what he just said. The reason why it's like that, where people are using whatever means by necessary to contact people, because it's accessible. That's just mm-hmm. like if you have a website with an email contact link, but you rather the person call. So you're waiting around for calls, but everyone is emailing you. Are you in the mood to go check 50 million emails and then delete them? No. But because they're, it's, it's accessible, that's what people are going to do. The phone has yes. became obsolete. And you look at emails as a form of texting. So it's like I don't have to really connect, but I can get my point across. If that even makes sense. But I just feel like if you're giving people options, then – that's what they're going to take, the easier route, which is not to be personal. I think it helps. Sometimes I'm, you know, I'm in a room with people or I'm in a car with people and I want to let somebody know I'm thinking about them or, you know, ask them about something, but I'm not really in a position to talk. So I prefer 
um, live conversation over anything. I love stimulating conversations. I love to hear people's energy, their mood, their inflection in their voice. Um, and I love the immediacy of being able to talk live. But sometimes I'm just not available to do that. And so I rely on text messages. I rely on email to allow me to communicate even when I'm tied up. You know, some people are at the job from 9 to 5, and, and during those hours uh, they just aren't able to talk uh, on the phone. Should they not text me and tell me, hey, I'm thinking about you, or hey, how's your day? I, I think sometimes people um, go too far being offended by uh, text messages and being offended by email. I don't think we should try to have important conversations, and I definitely don't think I should ask you out on a date for the very first time uh, by text messages, but there are a lot of people who go to the extreme where it's like, you know, don't text me about anything or don't email me about anything. Not that I experienced that, but I see that on social media uh, a lot. Why do you think that is, Terry? See, I don't have a problem. Like I said at the top of the hour, if we know each other like that, you're like, hey, want to grab some lunch? I'm okay with that. But trying to get to know me and create some kind of relationship or friendship or, you know, kinship with me when you're just not getting to know me, that's when I'm offended, when you're texting me. But I think that, and, and, and I'm going to go to your point and Yasu and to Ms. T's point, when we think about um, technology, how, it's, how it has evolved. So why people are sensitive, and I, and I like to use, you know, I like to use experiences. Um, I'll think about people I've dated, and we could be on our way out to dinner. Their phone rings. It could be a lady or a man, and they'll answer like, hey, how you doing? I'm good. They're like, hey, did you need something? You know, I'm out with my girl. You know, we're about to grab some dinner, blah, blah, blah. Or they'll say, excuse me, I really have to take this, you know, something like that. And then they end the call. They're not continuously on their phone. Um, and then while we're at dinner, typically we'll just make a rule that, hey, we're not going to answer our phone because this is our time together. But people do become very sensitive about it because it is something that has happened to them. Somebody has trespassed against their trust. And so now anytime they see someone else doing it, then they automatically think it has to be something. Just because it's a woman calling does not mean it's a woman of interest. Just because it's another man calling doesn't mean it's a man of interest. You know, I think that we know if somebody has something to hide. Um, so I think it's a level of insecurity for people when they begin to feel, you know, some kind of way about a phone and feeling like they should always have access to it. If we're in a committed relationship, we should have nothing to hide when it comes to a phone or anything else. But when you're just dating someone and getting to know them, then why are we so consumed with their technology as opposed to being consumed with getting to know them? Wait. Mm. I agree. I agree. I, I don't want to get caught up on the same mm-hmm. subject for too long, but I have one follow-up question as it pertains to that. Because, if you know, I have people I do business with. I have people that I'm friends with. And when they communicate with me, they their expectation is they're communicating with me. And so once I get into a relationship or ultimately once I get married, now do I not have any more individual relationships where no matter what the subject or what the, the content of the conversation or the nature of the communication, my wife should have access to all my communication with everybody from, from work to business 
to personal relationships and friendships? Is that how that's supposed to work? I think our spouses should have. I mean, I have friends that are married. And I think that our spouses should have access because now you've decided. You made a choice. Like, this is a covenant you've entered into. Mm -hmm. This is not just somebody we kicking it with, somebody we're going on dates with trying to get to know. This is a Mm -hmm. covenant we've entered into. We should be able to share. And guess what? That way, there is no room for error. There is no room for anybody to say, oh, because, you know, people are messy. Even if there's not anything going on, I want to make sure. I always say to people I'm dating, if I've dated for a long time, let's not have these secrets where somebody can roll up on me and they know something (laughs) before they get to know. that I don't know where that way would exactly. come up and then we whisper be like this, but this you know this I have right there. You know, or whatever. You know? <laughs> that way we laugh about it and they don't even know that we know what's going on. So once you enter into that, that means that you've made a decision to lay some stuff down and that they know what's going on in your life. They know what's going on in your business. So why wouldn't you wanna you know, it's not to say that they're going to actually take the liberty of using the access, but they should have that opening opportunity. They so they certainly I agree. Should. I agree. Really? I'm 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 that concerns me. If my friend Bobby texts me to tell me about an argument he had with his wife, he may he he may not want you to know about the argument. He he's asking me or he's telling me about it because we have the established friendship for 20 years and so this later down the line you know my wife mentions to somebody yeah Bobby and his wife having problems and then that comes back to them now I don't have any more trust with my friends or even if my wife is really really great at keeping a secret how would Bobby feel if would he try to communicate with, with about me his private business his private relationship with his wife is being shared with anybody else including my wife well, this is the thing. Is, this is how I. I'm sorry. This is how I feel about that. I feel like when you're having that intimate conversation with Bobby, then maybe you need to pick up a phone or go sit down and have a beer or two or three with each other and discuss that. When it comes down to your affairs, as far as your phone, your business, your stuff like that, God forbid if anything happened to you, are you the only person that's supposed to know what to do with your business? Because these days, if you don't have certain laws and certain affidavits and all this stuff in, in, in play when you're no longer here, then no one can access anything. We They don't care if it could be your family. They don't care if the house belongs to whatever. They're shutting it all down without a person's name on it. So I feel like to a certain degree, yes, you're supposed to have your privacy. And if Bobby has so much he has to talk about that's going on with his wife, then y'all can discuss that, and your wife don't need to know about it. But when it comes down to you, per se, she needs to know something about how to deal with you. God forbid anything happens. That's just my thought. Okay. And also, the other part of that is, are we more concerned about Bobby's feelings on the outside, or are we more concerned about somebody we lay with every day, somebody who we actually are committed to. And here's the thing. Right. What's funny is couples have um, pillow talk all the time. 
you know, about stuff that's going on. And they have enough commitment to each other where they're not going to talk about it. And you know what? That's not to say, and y'all too, that you and your guy, y'all going to have a conversation, but it's not to say that you actually going to share every single thing that's going on with him with your wife. I don't agree with that. I don't think that you have to tell her every single thing that's going on, but also mm-hmm. don't make it feel like you're shutting her out. And then now you have something to hide because I do agree when you said, it was Miss T, right, that said, you know, yes. about how something is going on and she needs to know that. And sometimes as women, we know that the man is supposed to be the protector, the provider, and the priest, but we also want to protect your heart, your well-being as women. And so it's not always about insecurity. It's not about nosiness. It's about us and our nurturing spirit that we have for you. You know, so it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not that we need to know everything. It's really not. I just think that at some point in our lives, we can't do the same thing, you know, as single. It's some of those things you actually lay down and you pick up a different set of rules when you become mm-hmm. married. Very true. And if I find out Bobby is still talking about my business with his wife, he's going to get hurt. <laughs> oh my God! How hurt? Good luck. How hurt? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but seriously though, I, I believe that you know relationships require balance, and so there is aspects of the of of your life as a couple that is totally joined and totally connected. But I do believe there's still a need uh, for a level of individuality. But different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. Everybody can customize mm-hmm. their own relationships. But I definitely. Mm-hmm. wanted to hear from the expert what you thought. And I have so many questions, uh, and I, we don't have a lot of time. We just have an hour. And so my next question is, uh, Terry, is I hear a lot of women say that men are hunters. And so I know quite a few women, including Miss Gotham, who is convinced, who are convinced that if they show a man interest, it will automatically, no matter what, cause that man to lose interest And I, you know I have a, a take issue with that Philosophy for two reasons One uh, it Encourages women to suppress How they feel about a man And then two If that were really true Then at what point Can you show interest If a man is truly a hunter Then once he gets you Whether it's as a, a date sexually A girlfriend or even a wife, then that means uh, that he's going to lose interest. So I believe that to be a flawed uh, philosophy, but I definitely want you to chime in and share your knowledge and experience and wisdom with us about that, too. I do believe that man, man should be the hunter, but nowadays women are hunting hard. <laughs> so I just heard this conversation from two young ladies that me and another, and me and a 75-year-old lady couldn't hold it no longer. We had to fool them. But <laughs> at any rate, um, I think that if a man shows interest, like true interest, not just mm-hmm. with his eye and smile, and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to be like, oh my God, you are so amazing. Um, but if he's showing, <laughs> but if he's showing some true, genuine interest, rejection mm-hmm. is very difficult. And we've been taught as women, especially if you're a Christian woman, you're taught that he's, he's supposed to hunt you, he's supposed to find you, and you just don't do anything. I don't completely agree with that. I think you I don't either. I don't either. In me. I don't. You show some interest in me, and you really show interest. Don't just show interest 
just, you know, just a little bit. Now, all of a sudden, you want me to just go ahead. I found, I've had that where, you know what, I called you twice. Now I need you to go hard for me. I need you to show all kind of interest. No, I need you to truly show some interest. And even if we're out and you're flirting with me and I don't know you and you show some eye contact, you're trying to talk with me, I'm going to wink, I'm going to look at you, we're going to flirt with our eyes, we're going to do something because I don't want you, you know, if I have some kind of, you know, attraction to you, I don't want you to walk away because I'm, you know, I got the same face, (laughs) you know, like, I don't care, you come over here if you want to talk to me, you know, we have these set standards, you know, that we won't let go, we won't let go of these set standards, Um, if he's interested, if he shows that he's manning up and interested, then why don't we, in turn, show the same, you know, we don't have to do it on the same level he is, but at least make, give him some sense of, you know, relief that, okay, she's giving me the green light, so I don't have to feel afraid. And I mean, women say, I don't want no man that's timid. That's not being timid, but don't nobody want to keep coming after you if you're going to keep playing the cat and mouse game. It's cute to flirt. It's cute to say, you know, to giggle and act like you're not interested. But guess what? Your body language and everything else will tell them if you're interested. So I agree, and y'all. So I don't agree with the fact that, you know, they won't be interested. But I do believe that if you become the hunter, mm-hmm. then men feel some kind of way about that. Men who want to really be there, they feel some kind of way about a woman that's a hunter, and they will treat you differently than the woman that they actually hunted. That is true. I, I don't. I don't think yeah. it's true for me. I have spoke to a lot of um, gentlemen, a lot of male associates and friends who say that that they definitely don't want a woman pursuing them too hard. That they see it as thirst, or they see it as something wrong. And they definitely want to be uh, the pursuer, and they definitely want to be the hunter in this situation. But they don't mean that. Say that to mean that they don't want the woman to express any interest at all. I'm, I'm concerned that there might be a woman or two out here in the world that like me, and I'll never know because they have this <laughs> philosophy. And they like, I'm just gonna keep it to myself. If he don't come lasso me, if he don't come hunt me down, then it's not meant to be. And I think um, that that's a tragedy. I doubt that in y'all too. I think so. What? So what do you really? So at the end of the day, so at the end of the day, what do you really do? How do you have that balance? Where is the balance? That um, yeah. Where Where do you? What do you really do? How do you have that balance? I think the balance is. So let's talk two scenarios. A scenario of a man that's just flirting with you, um, and you're out. You know, someone that that flirts with you. I. This has been my experience. I will be out. A man will look at me. Then I'll see you. Know, I say you're in Walmart. He'll see me, and then he will purposely bump into me again, but will not stop to say, "Hey, you know nothing." And then, but want you know, it's like, "Hey, I need you to say something to me." You know, to get me to go. No, that's when I need you to man up. And you know, you may have to take that one for the team, but. When we have already gotten to the point where you've got my number, you're calling me, the balance comes in and call me a few times, invite me out, you know, send me some, some, you know, hey, good morning type text, you know, that stuff that, you know, that feel good kind of stuff that let me know that when you woke up this morning, man, you know, I can't wait to see her this Saturday or whatever. So once you show me that consistently, 
you know, at least for a period of time. You know, it's not to say I'm not responding like, hey, you, or hey, I'm thinking of you too. You know, hey, cutie pie, whatever. And you too also have to send a message. Sometimes after they've sent you a few, you got to send some initiate messages as a woman. That is right. taking you out of your, you know, womanhood. It's not taking you right. out of anything. It's not making you be the hunter. It's making you say, hey, I notice you too. Thank you for the effort. Because we mm-hmm. don't say thank you at all for men's effort. You know, thank you for that. We don't say thank you because we're like, this is what they're supposed to do. But you still say thank you. That makes people want to go hard for you. And for me and for Yasu, you go hard for me, guess what? I'm like, you're going to be like, who is Wonder Woman over here? You know? <laughs> so you have to have the balance. But the man cannot feel like I ain't doing that for her. You know, you can't feel that way. You got to feel like I want to go hard for her. And then she in turn cannot be so stubborn because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a Christian. I love God, but I see so many Christian women. They have got stuck in this rut of I'm not supposed to show any interest at all, or that's going to make me be some kind of Jezebel or something. No, it's not. It's going to get you on that road to your doggone husband is what it's mm-hmm. going to do. Or you're going to be in single castle for the rest of your life talking about he should have called me. <laughs> you know, so you have to step up your game, too. You got to smile. You got to get it together. If he smiles at you, smile back. Mm-hmm. You know, that don't make you no tramp because you smiling back. It make you say, I notice you, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, May West has the famous quote that I love. She said, don't keep a man guessing too long or he might find the answer somewhere else. Exactly. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. You know, men, men have fragile egos. Men have fragile egos. Um, they definitely don't. They uh, most men too. Definitely don't enjoy mm-hmm. rejection. And um, a lot of men just, you know, um, you know, just aren't really ladies. Men like that aren't really smooth like that. And so, you know, there tends to be a lot of insecurity. Uh, for some of these guys. And so that's why you see a lot of guys relying on text and things of that nature because uh, rejection by text is a slightly less damaging, uh, I guess, than text than rejection in person and rejection live in person and on the phone. So I definitely wanted to touch on that. Do you ladies have any more questions for Terry D? I don't want to hog it. No, I don't have any questions. I'm enjoying the conversation. Go ahead. I had I had another question. You, um, Terry D, you you said something about um, in your mixers um, in the speed dating. Mm-hmm. So if you have if you have um, a person who's really shy, but still is sociable to a degree, how do you deal with that? How do you um, deal with that individual to get them to kind of open up and you know socialize a little more? So sociable in, like, the conversation party that I have? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I do have a few ladies that always are the first ones to sign up to come, and they're a little bit more shy. Mm-hmm. And um, what I'll typically do, if I know they're shy and we're in the party, everybody's talking, they may chime in when people, you know how somebody just kind of chime in, but they do it while everybody's talking so nobody will hear them. So I'll wait for that person. <laughs> I'll wait good to everybody quiet. And if I hear you, I'm paying attention because I'm the host, so I'm listening. And I'll typically be Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, so, 
you know, Mary said that she thinks this. So, Mary, tell us a little bit more about that. And I think that, see, for me, I know my demographic. I know my um, audience. So if mm-hmm. and Yasu is there, and I know that this person is shy, and Yasu is far from shy. So mm-hmm. that means that I'm going to ask what Mary is saying. I'm going to pair them up, not to be a couple, but so that he can break that ice. Because what I found is people that shy, it's just because they don't know anyone. They're not sure how people are going to feel about them. But the other thing about it is typically at the conversation parties, nobody, it may be two or three people that know each other. So they're very, they're much more open to Mm -hmm. go ahead and start the conversation. Once you invite, you have to, I personally invite them in. I don't just let them hide in a group conversation. I personally say, Hey, so what do you think about that? Because I know you talk mm-hmm. to so-and-so. And not telling their business, but that's how I kind of break the ice with them. And I do icebreakers at the top of the conversation so that people can tell more about themselves. They have to talk. They can't just fade away in the background. We do at least three icebreakers during the conversation party so mm-hmm. that everybody can continue to participate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty much how I kind of handle shy people. And believe it or not, because they don't know people, they are not afraid of what people think of them. They feel like, I'm going to see them again when I leave here. <laughs> and nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Absolutely. Sometimes it's I would think that, too. To in front of strangers. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I would definitely um, agree with that. Another thing I wanted to chime in and have you um, talk about is, you know, men are trying to figure out women. They're trying to figure out, uh, uh, you know, h- how to really approach a woman that they're interested in, um, how to date and then lead that into courting and then, you know, possibly marrying the woman that they're interested in. What are some of the biggest mistakes that men are making out here today uh, when they are interested in approaching a woman? They, you know what? I think that men make assumptions before they even get to the woman. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody that they're interested in, they automatically assume things about the woman. Mm-hmm. That is one of the biggest, absolute first mistakes. The second one is um, when they're out, when they went out with this person, they're asking them out. Men automatically say, and and this is not a low percentage. And, you know, they like to talk. They don't ask enough, you know, um, probing questions. They don't share enough about themselves. They want to talk very surface-like. And that loses a woman that's looking for something of substance. They want to talk about sex. They want to talk about physicality, you know. And even if that's what you're thinking, I need you to suppress that with everything you have. (laughs) 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 I need you to get an ice pack. I need you to get it together. But I need you not to have a, not say we're grown, so we should be able to have this conversation. Because even if she mm. knows, and, and I'm sure the two ladies can agree, we automatically know if we're going to sleep with you. We know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we don't absolutely. need you. We know that. We know. Absolutely. We already know that. But yes, I need you we to do. act like you know. We know that. We know it from that, you like, you know how men say, I've heard so many men say, I knew she was going to be my wife. And most of the men that say that, the the woman is their wife. 
Um, wow. Mm-hmm. But the, it, it's the honest to God truth. Um, and that's about 85% of the men that have told me that. They're like, I already knew, and I didn't waste no time, you know, wow. trying to lock her down. Because I knew she was worthy, and somebody else was going to get her if I kept slacking. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing is, oh, I'm sorry, my um, earpiece came out. The other thing that me, the other mistake that men make is they don't want to pursue a woman enough because then they feel like they're sweating her. Make her feel wanted. Who does not want to feel wanted? You and then you you get you you go out with them once or twice, and then you you don't be who you say you are. If you're saying. I'm going to do this, be consistent. Men are not consistent. And then they think that you're just supposed to pick up wherever they are. Be consistent. If you want her, be consistent. If you don't, be honest. And and, that, that and I is think just, that's the number one. That That is the number mm-hmm. one, I believe, for me. That's just me, my personal opinion, that honesty is never um, conveyed properly. You know, um, conversing with the woman if he likes her, if he doesn't like her, and it's misled or um, things are being misconstrued along the way. That's just how I feel. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. People, just be honest. We're adults. If you don't, if you're not seeing interest, there's a, um, a study going on right now that people are doing where they're meeting people, sitting down, talking to them. And they're doing, um, not blind physically, but it's almost as if they don't know anything about them. And they're sitting down talking to this person. And then at the end, they have to be brutally honest. No, I'm not interested. And it's just a blind. They don't know each other. They're talking to each other. They have cue cards where they're asking each other questions about one another. And at the end, they have to say, no, I'm not interested in going out with you. Yes, I am. And they either get up and walk away from one another or they decide that they're going to exchange information and they're going to go out. Mm-hmm. And people aren't honest. Men will string you along, you know, just because they don't know how to say, I'm not really interested in you. Why do it's, we it's do not that? Hard. It's, it's not hard. Why, it's not hard at all. Why, why do men do that? Why do we, why don't we want to say that? Because you don't like rejection. You're afraid to get rejected. And sometimes you really like, I'm just going to hang around. If I ain't interested in it, at least I can get some. Right. Oh, my goodness. Hit the deal on the head eight times. Yes. Yes. It's so true. Like, I'm going to get Keep some, the option open. and I'm going to have a casual, yep. Yep, I'm going to leave options open. I ain't interested in you on that level, but you know what? We didn't did all this. I'm just going to hang out with you for a little while until you give me some. Mm-hmm. And then they'll string yeah. you along and make you think that they're interested. So, what you know, you're making right. a mistake by not – you're hurting yourself. You're not – you know, because you really mm-hmm. are. Because it really – it doesn't say anything about her because you've misled her, but it says a lot about mm-hmm. your moral compass your integrity, your character. You know, at some point, you know, I always tell people, hey, the Bible says when I was a child, I thought I was a child. <laughs> you know, now that I'm a adult, mm-hmm. I think it's, I do adult things. Mm-hmm. But, Terry, you don't think that that says something about the individual herself as well, not just the man? I so don't if the man if is doing the leading she, on and she's she's conscious enough to know right from wrong, correct? 
she knows how someone's supposed how she's supposed to be treated, correct? Mhm. Right. But I so also my think thing that is, I can't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I didn't know you weren't done. I'm very sorry. Go ahead. No, my no, no. You don't have to be very sorry. My thing is this. You know, when some I don't care what sex it is or who's doing it. Wrong is wrong. And con- being conscious of what's going on around you is important to not just you or him or that one or that one. It's important to all of us. We all have different experiences for a reason, and those experiences are supposed to uplift us, supposedly. And if we're not at that point where something is going to uplift us, we're supposed to be around people that are bringing that to our attention so we can be uplifted from the situation. I don't agree that it's just the man who's doing the wrong, so it's just on him. It's the woman, too, because you're allowing it to happen. You, there's no way that I believe that a woman is not conscious enough to know when she's being played with. Just like when oh, your kids I, say, Mommy, I can I get that ice cream? No, Mommy, can I get that ice cream? Mommy, then finally you just get tired and give it to them. It's like the man, can I get this? Or he wants to do this, and then you just give in and let him get his way. You know what, what, what way that. you want, but you giving in and letting it be. So I don't entirely agree that it's just the man. Women have to take accountability, too. I do. I like that, Miss P. I had a woman call me a while back, and she said, and God, please just tell me the truth. Am I wasting my time? And I was like, I don't want to tell you that. And she was like, but you got to be honest. <laughs> so I was like, yes, you are wasting your time. And not because of who she was, but just because of um, where I was. Uh, at the time, but I think that might have discouraged her for a three weeks or a month, and then it went right back to how it was before she asked me that question. And so, at what point do women have to take responsibility? You know, a lot of some some men are leading women along, women along, and then in some cases, somebody says something very direct or answers the question very directly and says, "Yes, you know what, you are wasting your time with me," and then they still you know, three weeks later, a month later, act like that wasn't said or that that wasn't established. So, Miss T, you made, I believe you made a great point. Thank you. I do, too. I do agree with that, um, Miss T, to a certain extent. And I'll say to the point, I agree with it wholeheartedly. As women, I'll say we do have to take responsibility because, but there are instances where um, men are good at making you feel like we are headed in the right direction. And then there are instances where within Yatu where he told her and she still was like, because then in our head, we feel like he don't mean that. And, you and you know, he's still hanging out with me. That doesn't mean anything. So you have mm-hmm. to make the choice, a conscious choice mm-hmm. as a woman and say, I value me enough mm-hmm. not to do this. Not to hang out with yourself. I mean, to hang out with this person. But then there are instances mm-hmm. where we don't know. And so that's when I say, you know, the mm-hmm. whole moral compass thing. That's when I say that. Not It's not always, you know, like full circle where um, we always know. But then there are, you know, that discernment and that intuition is, is, is strong. So mm-hmm. if you feel there is some missing components, some missing pieces there, then if you continue, I always say we blame men 
for our bad choices. They will tell us exactly who they are. And then we say he was no good because we chose to stay with him, even though he told Mm us, I'm really not interested in being committed. I'm really not interested. Now all men are dogs. Because you made a conscious choice to stay with somebody that told you, I don't want to be with you in that way. Or how about the guy? I can respect the guy. I can respect the guy that that says that and does that forthright rather than shrinking along or, you know, extra, you know, extra things, you know, at the end of the relationship or whatever you decided to have. Well, I guess she's trying to say, what about the guys, the ones who can tell you like in Niatu who said, Hey, listen, you are wasting your time. Finally. Okay. I said it. Damn it. I said it. But what about (laughs) the ones that don't say it? Those are the ones. And those are the, and, and also with that, I say to people, to my sisters, if he's not giving you no signs, but you don't, you feel those indicators. There's, you don't, those feelings that you have, the energies that, that's bouncing off of you is not wrong. If a man can't come it's out real. and tell you that, that's his own coward ways. You have to dig within yourself and pull the answer out. Do I want to continue to go down the route with this man who's not giving me the answers that I need? I asked him 101 times. He tells me nothing. He shows me nothing. So do I stay with this in hopes that it get better, or do I say I deserve better and I need to be with someone who's going to be able to communicate with me? And you typically don't have to ask that question. Actions really do speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. When you have to Amen. Ask, you already know that there mm-hmm. is a void. So yes. I agree with you, Miss T. When you have to ask, you know there is a void. You don't have to go searching. You know what I mean? You don't have to search for those things. That's not um, an issue. But we become very self-righteous and then very accusatory in the same breath because we decide, well, he didn't say anything, but you knew, and you mm-hmm. chose, but then we say, but he should have said something. If he didn't, that does not negate your responsibility to yourself. Amen. To say, I deserve better. So you mm-hmm. cannot, you know, I agree with that, but I mean, there are instances where people are real good at making you think that everything is okay because they don't want to let you go. They know you're good. They know they're not ready, and they're and you're there just in case. And mm. so, now, I, I didn't want to tell that woman that she was wasting her time. I really did not <laughs> want to say that, and not because I wanted to string her along, and not because I want to waste her time. But I didn't want her to take my answer that, yes, you are wasting your time with me as a reflection on her. Because the truth is, it was 100,000% a reflection on me. I can't think of one thing about that young lady that makes me say, oh, she's not marriage material. Or, oh, um, you know, she's definitely not the one for me. It, it, it was nothing along those lines. In fact, many a time, I just I feel like I'm at a place where I'm unable to um, live up to my end of the bargain or give uh, a person what they deserve. That I carry a lot, around a lot of guilt right now. I was just talking to uh, my nieces and one of my close friends last night about uh, the best girlfriend I ever had I'm not married to or in a relationship with anymore. And it had nothing to do with her qualities or her not being enough, but more to do with me 
not being at a place um, where I was over some of my old triggers, relationship triggers, insecurity triggers, trust triggers, and things of that nature for me to be what she needed and to be what she deserved. It really had nothing to do with her. And so it's like life is complicated. I think relationships and and marriage uh, may be one of the most uh, complex dynamics that we will experience in our lives. And so I try not to judge people because they don't have all the answers um, already because in a lot of instances we just weren't shown how to love. We weren't shown how to be in healthy relationships, and so we're all just freestyling and, and guessing and trying to figure it out as we go along. And so people have to, we have to give each other leeway, you know, that there is no school that they send us to when we're 12 or when we're 17 or when we turn 21 or even when we turn 30 or 40 that just teaches us the right way to approach relationships, the right way to be in relationships, and the right way to handle the opposite sex. Absolutely. I agree. I agree, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So this has been a dynamic show, and it, the lines are lit up. So that means that we have to have Miss Terry Connor back on, and this time we can probably go a little bit further into her book. Um, so I'm going to start it off with Miss Connor since she's a guest of the evening, a wonderful guest to say the least. Um, tell everybody where they can find you, get your book, um, to stay in tune with you. Thank you so much, Miss T. Thank you guys for having me. This has been an amazing. Um, very <laughs> conversation. <laughs> so thank you all so very much, each of you, um, the hosts and co-hosts. So um, I am Terry D. That is my handle on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. On Instagram, it's I am Terry D. Underscore. My book is called My Truth: Short Stories of Joy and Pain. You can find that on Amazon.com. Um, my website is www.iamterryd.com. And if you um, actually subscribe to my website and you send me a message on there through my contact page you'll get a 30 minute free consultation and i'm offering two free ebooks right now on my website as well awesome i am coming to get that consultation tomorrow i was just about to ask i come lay on your couch and and get me together get me together terry I, I yeah, believe that we should have you, ladies. <laughs> yes. All that impacted me. I'm coming to lay on that couch, and we're going to get me together. I know that's right. I know that's right. What you're trying to do is come in co-host at my conversation party. Mm. That's what you're coming to do. Absolutely. <laughs> I would be honored. Uh, you know we have a, a, a chemistry as it pertains to uh, panelists and helping people and things of that nature and just being open. Terry makes me confess everything I have going on. I can't have nothing. <laughs> got that Wonder Woman magic lasso throwing around me. I just tell everything. So I know that's, that's right. Saying, I will be a part of that and I'm looking forward to all of your events. But uh, I'll let my female co-host tell everybody where they can find them and then I'll go last. Okay. Um, this is Miss P. You can find you can find me on um, the intern show. Just Drop the into a show in the Google. We come up everywhere. Miss Gotham? You can find me at Miss Gotham City uh, Facebook. You can find me at Twitter, Miss Gotham City, Savage Goddess 26. That's where you can find me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> and so if you want to find me in person right now, I'm dancing in the rain in the West Loop. 
But if you want to find me on social media, I'm <laughs> on Facebook. That's N-Y-A-T-U, last name Marvel, just like Marvel Comics or the superheroes. And then you can find me on Instagram at Marvelous since 1974. That's Marvelous, S-I-N-C-E, 1974. And unfortunately, uh, that name was taken on Twitter. So I am I in Yahtzee. That's I-N-Y-A-T-U. And so I definitely want to thank you, Terry D, for agreeing to be a guest on the show. But definitely answering all our questions for being very straightforward. I always, always, always enjoy hearing from you. And I agree with Miss P totally. There are so many aspects of relationships and even your book that we didn't get a chance to get into. And so we know that we'll be having you back on the show real soon. And so for everybody out there that was listening, thank you so very much for tuning in to the show. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Any closing words from you ladies before we go? Just stay in tune. Uh, Yes. Stay in tune and we'll see you guys next Thursday. All right, guys. Happy Thursday, everybody. Be careful, be safe, and have fun. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye.